I, I do do a pretty good job of multitasking with my porn. Hello and welcome everybody to the Geekscape Games Podcast. This is level 71. I fucking hate electricity and kites and bald-headed bespectacled motherfuckers and all riders are wizards. This is the number one video game podcast on the Geekscape Network. Number two most out of context titled episode of the Geekscape Games podcast of all time. We are back with another episode of your favorite horrendously late, horrendously like completely, I can't even think of the word. What is uh, unprofessional? What? Illustrious. Christmas? Christmas? (laughs) Christmas. Yeah. Who's talking? You're super quiet. I said illustrious. Oh. You were super quiet. I have no idea why. Let's see. <laughs> it's a wizard. It's a damn wizard. <laughs> you laugh and you think I'm messing around, but I'm telling you it's true. So, so what? What? What happened? One. Tell us that. What Josh like makes sure his mic is uh, okay. Turned. I, up. I think it's it's something in Southern California because uh, I was early to the show uh, at eight fifty. You know, pu- going to be a little bit more punctual because I don't want to get fired just yet and. When I started my computer, all of a sudden I had no internet connection. Skype said I needed an update, and I updated, and then it said it wasn't updated yet. So I went to my uh, wife's laptop, but nothing was working. And then I went to my router, I restarted everything, still wasn't working. Went back again, restarted it, did nothing different, and then all of a sudden it decides to work half an hour later, which leads <laughs> me to the to the conclusion, and no, dare I say, truth. That all routers are wizards <laughs> because simple, s- simple technical know-how would say, well, no, it's just, you know, just restart your router and everything else. And you always hear that, restart your router. Why should I restart it so I can have the same problem happen again? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like it's, we're doing something. It's like we're, we're, we're doing something for the wizard by un- – you know, unplugging the AC adapter and putting it in, which the AC adapter is something different. The router is the wizard. I don't know if they need a recharge. I don't know if this is kind of like attention seeking just to know that, hey, don't forget me. I exist <laughs> behind your TV, blinking a bunch of lights, which must be Morse code to other wizards across my apartment building. <laughs> Something's going down. I'm going to find out what it is because this is not right. It's not right. <laughs> well, I was Juan Carlos. Uh, he's the reason why we're 46 minutes late recording. It's the uh, least no, punctual. No, no. the wizards. I'm a victim. I'm a it's victim. B- it's Benjamin of- Franklin's fault. Yes. That <laughs> asshole. It's his fault. None of this would be, none of this would have happened if it wasn't for him. <laughs> no, it's not good enough that I'm sleeping with a bunch of women, which is true, by the way. You? No, no, Benjamin Franklin. That dude was a player. That, no, it's true. History, son. <laughs> Read it. Oddly Ouch. enough, it's electricity's. It's also electricity's fault that the show is going on. Uh oh yeah. So he, he yeah it is too. <laughs> the wizard I'm, giveth I'm, and the wizard taketh away. Yeah, I am just angry. I, I would say I'm mad at the router wizard mainly, <laughs> and then Benjamin Franklin comes in at one A. <laughs> Are you sure that what isn't Benjamin isn't Benjamin Franklin the router wizard? Oh my god. Isn't he like the Dumbledore of <laughs> internet oh my since god. he invented electricity? 
Oh my god. Oh we my need god. to get the show started. This is <laughs> <laughs> That's coming in with the now loud microphone is Joshua Jackson. Juan and Josh have been uh gone for a few weeks. Fire. Uh, how's it how's it feel to be back? Great. Um missed you guys. Took my trip to Dallas and got to visit the site of the most famous headshot in history. So Yes. I'm glad to Oh god. Yes. So. <laughs> Glad to be back to talk about Gears and Titanfall with you guys because I, I feel like that. I've learned a lot. Oh. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Uh, man. And uh, rounding out the foursome uh, is Lee, uh, one of our newest co- co-hosts. So welcome back. Hello. Yeah. And uh, hopefully now uh, we won't have terrible audio issues and you won't sound like a fucked up uh, Stephen Hawking. I uh I have a real microphone this time and it's pretty great. I I don't have a an actual stand that works with it, so I have a combination of little pipe cleaners, electrical tape, and that's about it. <laughs> and you know what? It, it sounds a lot better, better than what I started than as off if with. you used the actual hardware. So yeah, go me. <laughs> so we had Stephen right, Hawking on the show I last start, week. I, I started off with a rock band microphone, so you're already ahead of the game. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, man. God, you sounded good. Uh, all right. Uh, we've got uh, some new stuff. Uh, we got ourselves a Gears of War 4 trailer that came out uh, that we kind of had the uh, like a pseudo-exclusive for. And uh, I'm actually really fucking blown away by this trailer. Uh, like Gears of War 2 and 3 just kind of bleh. Oh, oh, excuse me. Kind of like bleh. The first one had a real aesthetic to it. Aesthetic. aesthetic aesthetic it had a, a certain aesthetic to it and i feel like they they went back to that original gimmick of the that mad world cover uh you guys remember the like the mad world trailer of gears war one yes no yes yeah mm, no. yeah found it kind of funny so god damn it Lee. so they went they went back to that gimmick <laughs> and it was a cover of uh sound of silence but who did that cover by the way god smack like, was it really yeah <laughs> no disturbed one of the two. Oh. God dang it, Disturbed. I get them mixed up. Puddle of mud. Disturbed smack. <laughs> it was Static X. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, it's coming to Xbox One and Windows 10. Uh, and there's a open beta beginning April 25th. It comes out at the end of the year. Uh, did everybody check out the trailer? What do you think? Is anybody hyped for this uh, This new thing lingo? I'm excited for the announcement. Uh, I'm I'm not know if I'm excited for the game because I don't think we saw any gameplay footage whatsoever. Yeah, but it was a well done trailer stopped, though. Yeah, that's never stopped people from getting excited about games. True, that's like the entirety. <laughs> that that's the entirety of E3 these days. It's gonna get to the point where it's just gonna say, uh, "Another realm brings you a game." <laughs> 2017. <laughs> it has a story. Watch WWE this Immortals too. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of it. The it's kind of some cool flashbacks uh, with apparently Marcus Phoenix's son. Yeah, he's the main character, right? I, I guess. I guess if John, make, did, John DiMaggio what? is going to voice the son, I, uh, like like the father. Yeah, um, father, might as well, yeah, father and son combo. That sounds like a weird porno. I don't want to be interested in. <laughs> I'm uh, glad I didn't have to say that. Well, I'm I intrigued, it, but didn't. <laughs> So, um, JD Phoenix is being voiced by Liam McIntyre. He is Mark Martin slash the Weather Wizard in the Flash. Oh, Who's that guy! Again, <laughs> uh, he's uh, Spartacus in the new Spartacus show, not the original, but the new one. 
He's the one who didn't die of cancer. Oh and uh, uh, he's are we going uh, so- to get cancer charities on our ass now, too? uh no what i do want to get on my ass is this fucking titanfall 2 hype by the way all right does anybody have anything else to say about gears of war 4 it's pretty much self-explanatory yeah it's a it's a trailer it looks cool yeah buff dudes it'll be like yeah it'll be like every other gears where i'm like don't give a shit until a week before and then all of a sudden i'm like (laughs) oh i need to get it and then never play it hold on hold on gears of war rule 34 oh no <laughs> yeah all right let's see what it's like but anyway uh titanfall uh 2 was announced uh xbox one pc ps4 uh and it's supposed to be available for playing at the ea play event this year uh that's pretty much it we got it was just a super quick teaser trailer uh i i feel like i'm the only one on the show that was a huge fan of titanfall is that true? bullshit you no, don't listen to me I, I played the two when it was like on sale for 20 bucks I think that's actually the first game I got for this laptop. Oh, wow. How can we haven't played together? I, I, have we? No. No? No. No. <laughs> then we you're can. just like any other cast member of the Geeks Game Games. We never play with each other. <laughs> that is true. That, like, if you guys played with true. each other before the before you were both on the show, oh, that's God. all going to stop now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're never going to play games together ever again. No, but so. like I got, I got Titanfall on the Xbox One pretty much right when it came out, and I played it consistently for like the first two months and had a ton of fun with it so i'm really looking forward to what they're going to improve on the second one hopefully by adding a proper story mode for one i do know that there was leaks and i believe there was uh, a dev talking on reddit um yes that is in fact a picture of marcus Venus eating out uh elsa I was gonna from frozen say, after you after you send us these images and you say the word leaks no <laughs> okay just send us just- these <laughs> It's like you send us these images on the side chat while we're trying to talk about stuff, and you don't skip a beat. Like you're, you're, just, you're like, so yeah, Titanfall, da, 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 while all these pictures are popping up in the corner of our screen. I think you do it on purpose to throw us off so you look like the superior host. Oh, I am, uh, yeah. It's ruining the integrity of my show. <laughs> Keep going, guys. I'm just contacting child services right now. <laughs> um... That they are they are going to have like a proper story like with a full co op, uh, which I, I I don't know I don't know how I feel about it. the The gameplay I feel I feel like when I played it, the gameplay stood on its own, but the the player base just fucking fell off the cliff. They kept adding a lot of free content and new game types, but the player base just never came back, which surprised me that there's a, there's games like Battle Battlefield Four that have a consistent, if not growing player base but a game that i would consider um mechanically stronger than battlefield 4 um doesn't and i i feel i hope they're not spreading their developers thin adding and shoehorning in a co-op in a story when the game was really good i mean it was it was basically the first of this like pseudo moba first person shooter you know mobas like dota trend that's coming out uh and uh i do want to get into some of those at the end when we get into what we've been playing, but what do you guys think about that? Um, Josh, you, you played it. Do you, do you think that it, it can maintain on its own or are the mechanics sound enough? Um, and same question to you, Lee. Well, the mechanics are fine. I just would like to think that after all this time that they were able to plan and budget well enough to the point where they didn't have to spread their team thin for the single player mode and were able to have enough resources for both. But in this day and age where developers seem to want to rush products out 
to uh, meet certain release dates and where they want to meet certain release dates and then figure they'll just patch it all later. It's hard to say, but I'm, I'm hoping for the best, but I probably won't buy it at launch anymore. Did you, um, did you end up playing any of the DLC? I bought it on, and one of their end of year sales, but I don't even think I had the game anymore when I bought the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little bit counterintuitive. No, I, I, I bought the season pass. I since got the game again, but it's still wrapped in plastic. So in another year, I'll probably actually open it. And then a few months after that, I'll actually put it in and play the DLC, probably around the time Titanfall 2 is out. Um, What about you, Lee? What do you think? So, uh, think about what Titanfall 1 or 2, or just kind of mix. Just just the the idea of, like, does the game need a story? I personally don't think it needs a story. Uh, I think that it can stand up on its own merit because the the mechanics are are really good i i think it could benefit from a a story mode in fact they're kind of on their own as far as having a game where you can run around a big robot like that and jump out whenever you want and do stuff on foot i have any other games kind of done that uh mech assault 2 kind of sounds old It sounds old. <laughs> it sounds it old. old. I mean, the second you said that, I imagine these, you know, what it was. 16 bit, 8 bit color. 8 Running bit. around your mech warrior. <laughs> pew, pew. No, I, I, I think it could benefit <laughs> from it, and it would give maybe a different approach to first person shooters that haven't necessarily been gone over just yet. And I'm, uh, I'm absolutely head over heels for the game that my only, like, complaint for it besides the the absolute like like player base just falling off is the um um on pc they had uncompressed dialogue and audio so it's like a 60 70 gigabyte game on pc because the audio is installed uncompressed so it's just yeah that's that's my biggest complaint juan did you ever get into titanfall at all i got the the xbox one after the titanfall hype um I, but by the time I got it, everybody seemed to be coming off the Titanfall, you know, bandwagon. I don't. I, that's a horrible way to phrase it, but that's like actually I, it, I think a perfect way to say it. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I guess interest in the game fell drastically after you know after a couple of months, like maybe one two months, and then it just became an afterthought. But you know, I know that the main reason why Respawn didn't have a main story like a single player campaign was, I guess the size of the development team. I have that like, like 60 guys or something like that on their team. So oh, really? Yeah. So that's that pretty the main reason is not that they felt like there was no reason to have a story in this game. Uh, if you have giant ass robots, I think, yeah, there needs to be a story there. I mean, I would like to know what the hell's going on in this universe to make and it more like, compelling and more attractive. But they said, it's just mainly a, a decision based on the size of the studio at the time. This is back in 2013. So, mm-hmm. you know, going into 2017, which I'm guessing is when the game is going to launch, uh, hopefully the studio has grown in the last three and a half years. But I would want for, for me to get in Titanfall, and I'm willing to give it a shot. But, you know, I'm a kind of gamer who wants to have some kind of idea of what's going on in the universe, something to connect me with the character. Uh, I, of course, multiplayer doesn't really need to have that. You're just focused on, you know, shooting your opponent. But if I want to invest my time where you have a market that's just flooded with FPS games and that, and not counting the ones that you can get, you know, I know it's going to be on PC too, but we're already overloaded with them. There's got to be some draw other along with the robot, something about this Titanfall universe. That's going to make me want to get involved in it. 
and not and once I get into it, something that's going to keep me in, something like a destiny. Mm. Oh, and there's new Destiny shit out this week too. Yes, there, yep. Oh yeah, I, heard I know about we had, that haven't too. put it on there. It, but we can save that for another week once most of us, you know, get it, get a few, uh, get a, get the true weekend with the new, um, uh, with the marketplace and what's coming up there. But uh, as far as Titanfall, I mean, Destiny's been able, and Bungie's been able to keep that, uh, that game, the core of gamers involved, and their community is heavily updated with videos and news updates with their app. So they've been doing I want to say, sorry, Go this ahead. is Shane's soapbox. Fuck the Destiny community. They're the most entitled, whiny, cunty little pieces of shit. Every goddamn post on the fucking Destiny subreddit is like, Bungie, Bungie. Ah! It's like, fuck. <laughs> it's, it, ah, true. it's true. Ah. I don't agree. I don't disagree with you there, but those are the same whiny, pretentious assholes that are going to drop the $20, $30 for the new expansion every time it comes out. So I, if, I will, if, but I don't complain. I do. I do too. But I know from Bungie standpoint, uh, I'd like, Hey, you know what? If you want to complain, that's cool. As and we're not going to give you everything, but as long as you keep dropping that money, you're going to keep complaining. We'll give you not everything you want. And you're going to complain that you're not getting everything, but you're still going to pay us for that expansion pack. Aren't you? So Titanfall has to kind of tap into that. It's going to have to find a way to draw people into their community away from the from the destinies away from the call of duties and get them into this you know so uh, hell even like stuff like splatoon that does constant updates with weapons and maps and weekend tournaments with their splat fest which we'll get to later in the show that's the kind of thing that's going to keep that community active give them a reason to come back to get them involved to start the game so they don't miss out on exclusive weapons skins uh costume choices Something to that effect, and I think that's one of the reasons why people lost interest within a month or two. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and like make, the funny thing, the- the, like the funny thing about it too is I know, and Lee and Shane, I'm sure you remember that is that the game it did have a story mode, but it was this really weird way of doing it where it was a story mode, but it was within multiplayer, yeah, and it was, was like there would be this weird narrative while you're playing like a standard multiplayer match, and the outcome wouldn't matter. Like the story would always find a way to like to advance the exact same way it was just whatever it the only difference was which side was disappointed at the end well yeah. that seems weird like if you're trying to play a multiplayer game where you're, you're all tense and nervous and you have some guy over your shoulder and this is where our people lost in the great war of the second son i'm, <laughs> yeah, trying, to, I, I'm I honestly, trying to hide here yes but yeah you i honestly had to play like, i had to play through the story mode like three four times before i really understood anything that was happening because i wasn't paying attention to any of it and not just that, but and it would and it would it would be presented to you out of order sometimes. Yeah, because it would like oh, that makes sense. the story would go in a certain order. I think it was only like six six or eight stages. But when you try to join a game, it would like plug you into whatever stage like the first available group was in. So you'd sometimes you'd just be starting on like chapter four. <clears throat> yeah, and it'd be like, like oh, was, we need was, to recover, was... like we need to recover this and that from the enemy. And I'm like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. <laughs> That is because you missed chapter three of my tale. Now come here by the fire. It's like I'm being shot at. It's okay. They'll join us later. <laughs> you know, uh, the, 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 oh, this is Titanfall 2. I'm down. Yeah, Titanfall I'm going to get it. Titanfall 2, campfire stories. <laughs> I'm going to get it. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I love Titanfall. It was one of my games of the years when it came out. Um, Dark Souls 3 is out. Has everybody played it? No, because I gave you my mm-hmm. review code. 
Don't say it like that. <laughs> don't say it like that. Yeah, say it. You what st- platform? You, you what, stole hey, my review what, what platform was the the review copy for? PC. And what don't you have? Well, I have a PC. I just don't <laughs> have memory. <laughs> so don't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Slurp. It's none of my business. Oh, I fucked that up. <clears throat> mm. For you listeners but, at home, that's Shane drinking the tears of Josh. <clears throat> uh, oh, man. Josh, tears. Ah, delicious. Tastes like Nguyen Mate. So, um, <laughs> Steamforge Games uh, is a tabletop company. They made um, a tabletop game called Guild Ball. And they're making the official Dark Souls board game. And uh, it is... Do you die every space? Well, I, well probably. Um What's really kind of troubling is that they have the Dark Souls license. They, they're they ready to go. They have some some models that look amazing, and I doubt that these models will actually be the ones that you're going to get in the box, knowing how Games Workshop works. Um, they're not working with Games Workshops, by the way. Um, it doesn't see who they're working with. But they're kickstarting their board game. <laughs> so they they negotiated this license with Bandai Namco, they negotiated um, uh, uh, prototype models with this company. Uh, they've developed the entire like game on paper and like have it you know storyboarded. They talked about how it's uh, everything is going to be random. The the dungeons are going to be placed out randomly with you. They've explained this. They've done all of this legwork, but don't have the money to make the fucking game. And this just reinforces my fear that like there's these like the same thing with uh. What's that fucking? Uh, I don't talk to sailors. Right? I only. Uh, do you know where I can find sailors? Lucky uh, hit. What's Shenmue, that lucky what about hit? it? Shenmue three. It's a Shenmue three oh. thing all over again. Oh, um, yeah. That there's a company that um, you know, ha- ups- theoretically Namkai, 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 Bandai, <laughs> <laughs> Bandai, Namco. Um, uh, could easily fund this. They know that um, all the neckbeards are going to gobble it up and, and buy it. Uh, it. It just, I don't know. It's it, it it's the trend that's starting now where um, uh, crowdfunding is going to take precedence over VC funding or actual funding. And uh, I feel like uh, these producers are going to double dip. I don't know, does yep. anybody have any interest in this game or any thoughts on... Actually, uh, Whenever that, you that said that double sounds... dip, all I could think of is... Oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you're good. I was just gonna <laughs> Go say ahead. that sounds like that sounds like KG and Afune all over again. Yes. KG, why? No, no, because you said double nine. dip. And what do you mean? And <laughs> didn't we rant about this for like months about how he was asking for like a billion more Kickstarters on the same game that is still not out? Oh, that's the Shenmue guy. No, 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 no that's, no, that's Suzuki. The, uh, KG and Afune's Mega Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah, oh Mighty yeah, nine. here I can't remember all these. <laughs> hey, I don't want to brag, but I actually got an early copy of that board game. I got some dice. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see. I'm going to roll. Uh, hold on. Move it. One, two, three, four. Um, you, you run into you Shane. Dead. He takes your copy of the game. Lose one turn. Fuck. All right. Let me, let me do this again. Hold on. Uh, you lose your job to Kenny Craig. <laughs> Not having good luck here. Uh, your computer gets bombasted with uh, Rule Thirty Four sh- images from Shane. Your computer is dead. Fuck this game. You you do die all the time. 
There's no like no winners in hey, this. Hey, I feel like some, some Rule 34 uh, Inkling Girls, which uh, if you look in your chat, you will see some new pictures there of uh, Rule 34 Inkling Girls. Uh, and yeah, I, I do do a pretty good job of multitasking with my porn, but uh, <laughs> can't say that with a straight face. Can't say it. I don't know, is anybody like super interested in it? I I I think the I I'm disgusted, and I'm going to use that word. I'm disgusted with the idea that they've gone through all of this this prototyping and, and like pre work, and there's they're asking for money. I I hate this trend. I absolutely I, hate it. I, it's like. If you want to, st- we talked about this a long, long time ago, and I think we just keep repeating it over like every other seven episodes. Where if you want to create a product, you have to fork over your own investment, your own capital. You shouldn't look to the you know consumers to do that for you. It's like because then you, we're running the risk, not them. Yeah, and we're st- I'm still waiting for Mighty Number no. Nine for how many years now? <laughs> it sounds like the worst case scenario when everyone was kind of being condescending about crowdfunding and being like. If you keep crowdfunding stuff, there like there's no incentive for them to succeed, and I feel like all those worst case scenario, like um, doomsday type um, comments, are starting to come true. I mean, it, um, it it's it's sorry to cut you off, um, but it feels like I'm not that sorry. It, it feels <laughs> it feels like um, when there was always on consoles uh, first getting announced uh, with with storage, like like big hard disk storage there was a fear that oh people are gonna really studios are gonna release unfinished games there's gonna be day one patches and everyone's like no that's never gonna happen fucking it did a lot not only does it happen but people defend it oh yeah yeah or on disk dlc and and, you know fucking garbage like that and then um it it all these these trends these fears are 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 coming are coming true and my like i i can understand somebody wanting to say hey Here's our pedigree. Here's our resume. We have an idea. We want to make a Dark Souls board game. We need the money to secure the license. We need to, to prototype some figs. We need to like test out like the actual mechanics of the game. But to have all of that done, and they just want the money to fucking print the stuff, it, it feels a little. It feels a little cheap because 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 if, if their crowd if their crowdfunding fails, you know Bandai is going to fucking fork over the cash. Let me let me just say this, and, I'll, and I think I'll end my rant with this. Going back to Mighty Number no. Nine, they made that uh, announcement back in January that they had to push back the release date because they're working on some code that was conflicting with the single player campaign. Yeah, they haven't updated their official website since January twenty second. Damn. So we're <laughs> going on three months nearly. Next week it'll be three months since uh, Comcept <clears throat> have released any update about the game, when it's coming out, even a status, like where they're at with fixing those bugs. So kind of going with what you're saying, Shane, there's no incentive for them to complete it. If they already have their money, they can take their sweet time. Hey, why don't we wait till 2020? Because we want to add another character. It just you know, bugs. And I know we're going way off topic, but it just bugs me that they keep delaying it. They say for like multiplayer, when the multiplayer was like an extra stretch goal that right. nobody really cares about. Why not? If the multiplayer is the only thing they're delaying it for, why not release Get the rid single player yeah, exactly. now and then work on the multiplayer and patch it in later? I mean, I know we're talking about how how it's like a negative that you could patch things in later, but if you're going to delay a primarily single player game for close to a year now because the multiplayer is not working right, then that, I doubt that's a priority for anybody who's been waiting on this game. And, and that's why I am vehemently against crowdfunding. Just because yeah. of that. That just left and, a sour taste in my mouth. And which is crazy because if you go back on the show long far enough, like you and I were both like oh, 
excited about the idea of Mighty Number no. Nine. I know, yeah, and, but with KG and Afune, I mean, you're gonna take this guy who created Mega Man, one of the most beloved franchises in video game history, and and if he says he's gonna do something, you kind of take him for his word. Yeah, and that's why I'm just kind of I'm getting more and more cynical towards game developers in general because when this kind of stuff happens, it's like you start to think you know maybe Capcom had a point, maybe there was a reason why they cut him off. If he doesn't respect, Ooh, like if he doesn't respect, shots fired. Like and the same with Kojima. I mean, there's been so many reports that have come out about how. He was just like money crazy, and you can't really blame mm-hmm. Konami for wanting to get rid of him if those reports are true. Where he just said, "Fuck your budget, I'm gonna go spend another couple million. Kojima uh, Rule Thirty Four. And <laughs> there, I don't know if no. you. This is a this is a couple weeks ago, I think, when we skipped a week of the show. But there was an interview with David Hayter where he was saying that Kojima was trying to replace him since Metal Gear Three. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, he was I, I, uh, quick Rule Thirty Four update. I have a Hideo Kojima Jade Raymond Rule 34 picture. It is in your <laughs> inbox. <laughs> Damn it. I thought you were going to say Hideo Kojima Mega 64 for some reason. But no, anyway. uh, Jade Raymond. But I mean, it's like, you know, I guess my overall point was if these, if so many developers are going to keep like taking advantage of Kickstarter, who's mm-hmm. to say that they weren't taking advantage of their prominent, posi- uh, of their like, positions within the companies and that's why they were cut off but then so many of us myself included are quick to jump the gun and say you know the big bad company's uh-huh. evil but who's to say that they weren't dicking around with their money the same way that they're dicking around with the public's money through kickstarter so it's it's interesting it's uh i, I agree with you on that statement oh, that's, um, not, you know, that's not bad by the way yeah it's not what huh <laughs> oh no you're hideo kojima nothing <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so one thing that we've all, at least I, have been extremely worried about uh, is No Man's Sky. Uh, it looks super fucking awesome. Mad hype. I know Lee is getting on the No Man's Sky hype train. Pretty I am. good. Did you check out the, the, the tech demo that, that we got the other day? The, you got a tech demo of it? No, like the 21-minute the like live demo. Oh, okay, yeah, I saw that one. I, I think I've looked up okay, like okay. I was two thinking. or three, four. <laughs> okay, I've been, been watching I was going to... I was going to have to ban you from the show if you didn't. Uh, you had a week <laughs> to do your homework. So, Yay. Um, so we haven't really seen anything of the game, and the stuff that we have seen has been really milk toast. But um, the lead dev, whose name I can't find right now, so some, Sean Murray, uh, uh, went on IGN and played the game for 25 minutes. And I'm, I'm fucking sold again. I, I I was sold and then I was lost and now I'm I'm back on board. Basically, they just showed all the mechanics that you're going to see in the game. Um, you're going to be able to find different elements to like mod your weapons, uh, mod your ship, mod your suit, and um, there's going to be like different uh, planets that have different types of elements. And um, he was in the demo. He was on an ice planet, and his uh, his suit had um, uh, temperature protection from the mm-hmm. cold. Well, it ran out and his character started to freeze. So he uh, blew up in the side of a mountain and like very very knack no no what's that um projects very project spark uh mixed with minecrafty he just kind of blew up in the side of the mountain and then inside the mountain it, it was warm there was like you know like geothermal vents so this ice planet that was like a negative one something 160 uh celsius he goes inside and it's like 25 celsius and his suit could like charge up on its um <clears throat> uh, temperature protection uh i'm I'm still worried that the, the content's going to get dull, <clears throat> that you're just going from planet to planet to planet, and you're never going to 
run into a planet that's going to be discovered by somebody else. Right. Um, and that just because you can play with everyone, play with your friends, like, hey, dude, come over here or come find me. Well, they admitted you're not going to see like 99.9% of all the planets out there. And I guess kind of on that thought, the, the, there was nothing mentioned about building bases. And maybe for me in the sandbox game, that's kind of a hard pill to swallow because like in Minecraft and um, EverQuest Landmark, you could just build your own stuff, go out and explore. You could dig deep into the ground and such a creative game or at least open sandbox game like this. And you're not allowed to be creative in that aspect, or at least we think so far that I think that is one of the hype killers, I guess you could say. And so, so you're you're more in it for the the creativeness, like, and not the survivalness. So, like when it, you played well, when you played Minecraft, you were, you were you were more of a creative player or a survival player. I, I was more survival, and I'm not necessarily saying the game should have that. I think it's just going to be kind of weird because so far, all the sandbox games I've played and seen have had the option for you just to build stuff and let that creativity, I guess, come out. But this one seems di- statically dynamic, if that makes sense. Th- that's th- That doesn't. <laughs> English teacher, we, we, we need a ruling. I see the, well, see the phrase again? Statically dynamic, as in uh, as, as, it's going to stay. No, no, no. It's going to stay dy- dynamic. Things are going to be changing. You can't actually alter part of the game. You're just oh. there to... I mean, you can kind of alter it. You can find these different creatures. You can give them names. Um, as you're exploring, um, I think you do have that option of just giving stuff names and saying pretty much, hey, I'm here. This is what I call this little creature over here, and this is what I call this big one over here. But... So you feel you like can't. you feel like you're, there's going to be no like lasting impact for what you're doing. You're going to go to a planet, fill up your your inventory, and then go to the next one and start over. Yeah, yeah. You can't make giant phallic objects too and have everybody in dismay. Oh uh, yeah, I I'm do just, remember. I'm just gonna get scared. Like where people, uh, there's gonna be some gamers that are gonna t- treat it like I'm the next Charles Darwin. I'm just naming all these beautiful species of creatures, and you're gonna have some guy with a beer. <laughs> I'm gonna name you Dick Butt. I'm gonna give you like a titty bird. <laughs> like they, they do, <laughs> they bird. do plan on putting in a, a filter, a sensor. Oh, they good. actually brought that up in one of the videos. Awesome! I think it was their latest video, so people can't just go around trolling. But I'm sure there there'll be They'll some find uh, a way. analogies and <laughs> trolls will find a way. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I, I'm pretty freaking excited for it. I'm I will try it, and I'll probably play it more than I think I should. Um, the, I don't know if I necessarily have an issue with this part too. The goal is to get to the center of the galaxy and maybe that's a good way to kind of filter everybody into one spot. Cause I'm Never sure you're going to, you're going to be really lonely during the whole process. And, oh man, just the fact it's a multiplayer game, there's so much to explore, but there's such little chance you'll have interaction with other players. That's where it's kind of a paradox oxymoron. Well, there's there's going to be no interaction. Like you, the only thing you're going to be able to interact with them is just seeing, like, going to a planet that, like, you know, you know, uh, SS Shaken discovered this planet on this date, and that's going to be it. There's no co-op. There's no nothing. So it's it's a would you say uh, like an asymmetrical multiplayer game, kind of. I see what you're saying. That's, that's what's I thought, scaring has me turned off. I thought you would be able to actually interact with other people somehow. Nope. No. Nope. 
That's well, that's where you... I didn't. Okay, maybe things make a little more sense now. Okay. Maybe if you listen to the Geekscape Games podcast. Oh my while, god! <laughs> you'd be the first. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, redeem yourself, Lee. Tell us about Consortium, the Tower, and what it's all about, and why we should be interested in it. Consortium, the Tower. It's coming eventually. So what they're doing is they have a game that is going to be... I'm going off again with this dynamic word. Um, it's going to be a very dynamic story, and it'll have incredible replay value. It's taking place in London, England, London, you know, <laughs> British. And there's this, who knew, giant tower. And inside the top of this tower, um, there's some terrorists and they've taken people hostage. So, so far from what I've seen, the main goals can be just to get those hostages out. However, you can deal with the storyline exactly how you see fit throughout the entire thing. You can either um, talk to everybody and resolve things without violence. Um, I don't know if there's going to be any parts in the game to really kind of push you in a certain direction, though. But you can choose this to talk your way to the top. Um you can go rogue. Well, you're you're given this mission by this. Uh, oh crap! I forgot what kind of uh, unit they were. But anyways, um, yeah, you, you can choose unit. to go rogue. Mm, rule thirty four unit. Yeah, all right, dude. Dude, look look up rule thirty four for this uh, consortium game. Uh, okay. And um, <laughs> oh dear, I'm scared. Um, you, where was I going with this? I don't know, man. Like, apparently, porn just sends you right off their. Uh, <laughs> let's right off the let's rails. stop that idea. No, uh, it. They have some other games that are kind of the same. And crap, I yeah, I seriously forgot where I was going. Oh my god, um, you're fired. You're done. I am done fired. <laughs> it it um, uh, what's what what I what I saw from it, it? It gives you the option to either go in fucking commando style. Uh, you can actually talk with people, and there's actually dialogue trees. Um, and you could also like go super stealthy and, and go through it. Uh, this is apparently a sequel to a, a kickstarted game from 20, uh, 2013 um, called Consortium. It looks really cool. What what I, I don't like about it, and I'm the negative Nancy of this week's episode, but um, uh, I like how the environments look, but I don't like how the, the character models look. They look really... They're really they look shitty. Um, they they reminded me of the uh, character models from Perfect Dark, or even just yeah, like that's uh, how, um, <laughs> James Josh, Bond, you were a big Golden Perfect Eye. Dark fan. Yeah, oh, Perfect really? Dark was great. Yeah, I, but would I you want to play was... Perfect Dark now? Um, I did. I did play that HD remake. Not even remake. It was just like a remaster for Xbox Source? 360, and yeah, it looked like crap. Oh, but it was. It's still fun <laughs> um, to play though. My brother loved Perfect Dark, and we played that a lot together on the 64, and he was saying the Perfect Dark for uh, the Xbox was pretty pretty bad. It was a huge letdown to the kind of storyline. I think oh, it was the yeah, best like game I... for the 64, though. Oh, oh yeah, the Perfect, Dark Z- to... Perfect Dark Zero, yeah, that sucked. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was garbage. It, it, literally oh. had less, it literally had less gameplay features in it than the original one did. And mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this before, but that was a launch title. That was a 360 launch title. Yeah, I know, but I'm talking mm-hmm. about compared to the N64 one. That's <laughs> because oh, they did like <laughs> do good though. I mean, it was like the like, and I've mentioned this before, not just with Perfect Dark, but with other games. It's like 
it's the weirdest thing to me that Perfect Dark, the original, was such an innovative game, mostly because, like, the first thing I noticed is, like, when you shot a guard in the arm, their arm would be damaged, and when you shot them in the leg, they would limp. But and mm-hmm. but no other games, aside from, like, Metal Gear, really do that. So then, when I got Perfect Dark Zero, and Megan had never played Perfect Dark before, and I was like, look how cool this is, watch. And then I loaded up Perfect Dark Zero, shot the first guard I saw in the leg, and then he, like, touched his leg for a second, and then he fucking sprinted at me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why are we moving backwards with this shit? <laughs> like, we had limb damage in this game six years ago, and you can't do it now? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, Juan, is there anything that you want to talk about this week, or should we let Josh go to his waifu garbage? <laughs> uh, yeah, Josh, go for it. <laughs> I mean, are you sure you had nothing else you wanted to talk about? Because um, I, uh, I could talk oh, waifus ahead, for days. I, was, I did want to bring up the the rumor about the NX having a Wii U remastered collection. Oh fuck my ass! Really? <laughs> or we well, just hey, go hey, to waifus? Hey. Hey, hey, in, in the NX's defense, if this is true, that's still a longer period. If it's like a Splatoon remastered, that's still a longer time between The Last of Us and Last of Us remastered. That's true. Uh, touche. Touche. But apparently the they rumor is that they're Splatoon. working on Sp- Splatoon, uh, Mario Maker, and... Mario uh, Maker? What the fuck? Yeah, Mario Maker. Ma- Mario uh, Maker? A- why does Mario Maker need an HD remaster when it's mostly just an NES, NES sprite? <laughs> Smash Brothers, <laughs> and uh, of course the Zelda would be NX and Wii U, similar to what they did with Twilight Princess with GameCube and Wii. Would he be left-handed like, I, in I, one I, and right-handed in the other? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know about that, but that's that's the rumor going around. But like I said, um, we could discuss this more in depth uh, as we get more information, but we we'll, won't have to wait that long because E3 is only about, what, like two months away? Oh, fuck me. Um, ugh. Anyway, um, the only other thing that I want to talk about real quick, and I'll go, I'll go quick so Josh can get to his waifu stuff. Um, the former head of Rockstar North is suing Rockstar and 2K Games, um, and he's alleging that he is, uh, has not been paid $150 million in royalties. Um, it is a very, um, very interesting story. Uh, way back at the beginning of the year, Leslie Benzies uh, resigned from his position at Rockstar North, and um, uh, this was after a 17-month sabbatical. Um, uh, uh, apparently, like after uh, uh, GTA V came out, um, he was. Uh, it was typical for the Take Two um, uh, and the Rockstar people to take a sabbatical, like a like a registered like I'm leaving the fucking office. Okay. Uh, and he was supposed to take like an eight eight months, um, uh, seven month sabbatical. Well, he goes back to the office and like his fucking key card doesn't work and they don't let him in. And like a security guard lets him in, but the manager was like, was like, oh, you need to leave right now. And then after a 17, after, after like um, another 10 months, uh, then it, he was pretty much fired. And now he's suing them because he was owed a lot of money. Um, gotta love, you know, I, I love the, I, it, I love this kind of drama in like the video game world. It's <laughs> so fun because he's getting countersued because apparently, him, um when he was he was let go he agreed to not receive any pending money and demanding it was a breach of contract which seems fucking retarded um uh, hey we 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 agree that we owe you this money but by 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 getting fired you agree not to ask for it like 
What the fuck? <laughs> and in this in this instance, I'm I'm going to um I'm going to err on the side of uh, Rockstar being the uh, uh, the bad guys in this situation. It's something to uh, something to uh, keep an eye out on. So, Josh, you've been gone for a while. Waifu update. Okay, so let me just I'll just bundle the Listen waifu stories all together. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just going to bundle up the waifu stuff all at the end because first I want. Well, I guess it's kind of waifu. We're having a another splat fest <laughs> that was announced today. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What? <laughs> is it because of um, Splatoon or because of what the Splatfest is? It's because of Splatoon, but it could be because of what the Splatfest is. Depending, I'm sure there's Rule 34 for SpongeBob somewhere. Um, All right, time to consort the book of knowledge. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, today Nintendo announced that the next Splatfest that is going to be officially inv- unveiled in game tomorrow is going to be the second. Uh, second, like licensed, I guess you could say, Splatfest in North America. The first one was Deceptic, uh, yeah, Decepticons versus Autobots. This one is going to be SpongeBob versus Patrick. And the shirts that you get in game are awesome, but again, you can't keep the shirt, so it's kind of it. That kind of sucks, but I mean, it's such a weird, like such a weird topic to have the Splatfest over. But at the same time, it makes it interesting because it just opens the doors for more licensed potentially licensed ones down the road like i could totally see like a a joe versus cobra one eventually and just these collaborations are just so weird but they're awesome yeah yeah yeah. it's it doesn't make any sense like i don't spongebob versus patrick they're they're not they're not like adversaries so yeah but no one no one would vote for squidward i don't think well actually maybe they would though because he's a squid yeah, and he's, like he's, an, like he's kind of close to what they are. Yeah, yeah. he's internet famous. <laughs> yeah, and he's internet famous. That's true. But who yeah. knows? They probably we, there's probably some kind of clause with Viacom where they were saying that they didn't want to promote someone so cynical. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then Marie's so cynical, <laughs> so she would have okay. been perfect to be the damn representative. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, I, I like if, Vi- if Viacom if Viacom doesn't want to support somebody so cynical, why does Viacom own Vice magazine? Well, that doesn't matter. No one who's <gasps> playing Splatoon is going to give a shit about that. I do, and well, I don't play Splatoon. So yeah, you played it. You played it for like a week. It's like Titanfall. <laughs> hey, I think you I played, played it for like more than I played Splatoon. <laughs> no, but you're like the rest of the community with <laughs> you're like the rest of the community with Titanfall. You played it for a week and disappeared. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know which side I'm gonna go with because I don't really care. Um, but yeah, I'll probably just go with Patrick. Oh, yeah, can I say what? I don't what Patrick. Is there like an incentive to choosing either side? Um, like basically they compile like the Splatfest go on for a 24 hour period and one team is pit against the other team and based on the region, whoever gets the most wins and whoever gets the most votes, like those points are tallied up and the winners get like everyone who participates gets special items, but whoever is on the winning side gets double of those items and those can be turned into by like more perks and stuff for your equipment. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, what what is what uh, what, what what is given up? Uh, like, what do you get when you win a spot fest? Because I've never won a spot fest. Sea urchins, oh, right? Well, yeah. Well, even if you lose them, you still get them. There, I think they're called super sea snails. <clears throat> and there's this drug dealer in this back alley in yeah. the hub menu where you can exchange those snails for like 
say, for example, if you have a piece of clothing that you like to wear, but it only lets you carry like a maximum of one perk, um, you can pay a sea snail to increase that to two perks. And then the, the maximum, I think, is three. And then if you use a snail on an item that already has three slots, because the, the perks are like randomly chosen. So if you use one that already has three slots, it'll re-roll all three slots and give you three potential new perks. Huh. So it's like okay. what the online community seems to like to do is to try to just keep spamming them until they randomly get like three of the same boost for one that they want. So like say they'll get Shitty. a t-shirt that'll give them three attack up boosts so they'll be stronger when they play. That kind of stuff. But overall, mm, it's inconsequential. So yeah, but I mean, overall, it's much inconsequential like unless they're like super cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, not with that. Yeah, with that attitude, sure. <laughs> but uh, and then next... Um, not explicitly waifu related, but Atlas announced yesterday that they're going to be publishing King of Fighters 14 in the West. So, um, I didn't realize we it wasn't going to be published. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was going to be published. It was just that usually SNK either publishes or they'll find like an outside publisher. But this time is Atlas's first time working with this franchise at all in any capacity. So, I mean, that was kind of interesting Ooh. and it's confirmed for a 2016 release date based off of that. And even though I missed it the week that I wasn't here the week that it was announced, but they did announce that Athena, which is kind of a no brainer for longtime King of Fighters players, but they confirmed Athena is going to be in the game, who is like the ultimate waifu. Mm. So oh, I got to look her up. Oh, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> what? Like you knew this wasn't going to happen, Josh. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> <laughs> is she the, you, the school girl? The I try to go last, with the, the NX rumors for... and try to start some conversation there. And... Well, you did mention Splatoon HD, so that also was going to go down the same path. I did, I did screw myself there. <laughs> yeah, I did. Hey, I, found, I found porn of her, but it's censored. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, but yeah, she moving on the to the main, the main stories. Um, uh, oh, here's someone cosplaying her, and she is an ugly person. <laughs> Don't. Oh, God. <laughs> Gamergate 2, starring Geekscape Games. I, Shane, hey, at least someone will, at least someone will listen game, to bro. us, one way or another. Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> even even if the only reason they're listening to us is to like trace where we're uploading this from and doxing all of us, at least people are listening. Shane, I, 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 well, I mean, never mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly... Um, <clears throat> Mega Dimension or Mega Tag Mention Blonde plus Neptune versus Zombies was announced for a late April release date, then got pushed back to sometime so in May and is now coming May 10th. So that's literally the entire name of it. And that's not even that's not even the best one because we have one more game to talk about. But oh. yeah, like, you know, anyone. Jer anyone who listens to the show, aka Jeremy, knows that um, knows that I'm really looking forward to this game. It's like uh, it's going to be a multiplayer version of what's kind of like is Dynasty Warriors. Game? What's that? It is it a Vita game? Yeah, and it'll which means it'll probably come to Steam in six months or so. So look forward to that code. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the other one was really fun. Yeah, it's it's a sequel. This one's a sequel to that one, except this one's multiplayer. Oh. so you'll be able to actually play with All other right, people, then. and there's more. CPUs to play with, more abilities, more bigger monsters to compensate for the multiplayer aspect. So it sounds really cool. Sucks that it got delayed, but I'm glad it was only delayed by like a week and a half. And the collector's edition went right up on. for pre-order earlier this week, so that was pretty cool. And then lastly, can you um, what's up? 
Oh, can can you uh, can you fuck it? The the collector's edition. <laughs> if you try hard yeah. enough. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> and then lastly, in more Neptune news, which I'm sure surprises nobody because these games are churned out what feels like monthly. Um, the game that I mentioned like months ago when it was announced for Japan, Super Dimension Neptunia versus Sega Hard Girls was confirmed for the West and is releasing this fall. So developed by the team that did their Vita remakes of the main Neptunia series, this one's going to be more RPG focused as well and is going to be a crossover with the uh, Sega Hard Girl characters that are exclusive to Japan, but it kind of fits in perfect with the Neptune universe because each girl is like a representative of a Sega console and it's this game's based on exploring Sega's history. So it's an RPG. What's, what's, the, what's the Saturn girl name? I'm pretty sure her name's just Saturn. Ah, <laughs> oh, she's cute as fuck. Yeah, and they made a, they made a girl just for this one who looks kind of like Sonic. I think we talked about this before too because I wouldn't shut up about it when it was announced for Japan. I remember. I need. But, yeah. oh, they have they have figures of Saturn. I need to get that get get figures of her to put on top of my Saturn when I eventually get one. I need a Saturn too. Okay, never mind. And Panzer Dragoon Saga. Okay, but that's all I've got for news this week. So. Unless anyone has anything else to right. talk about, we can get into the games we've been playing. Yeah, uh, w- well, uh, Lee, why don't you redeem yourself a little bit? <laughs> Week two, and you're already batting zero. Tell us what you've been playing. I've been playing... Um, I downloaded, actually, Turok. From, it's the old Nintendo 64 style. You can find it on Steam. It's 20 bucks, and it's it's pretty true. Um, the graphics we, are we just talk, the we, we talked about this... Um, I think probably a year ago that Night Dive Studios is a company that kind of uh, goes out there and buys old games that lost their licenses and just re-releases them on modern uh, platforms. And we talked, I, I vividly remember talking about Turok coming to PC like like on episode 10 or something. And then mm-hmm. the other day, we I forgot about it. I was like, oh yeah, Turok on PC is out. Um, so so does it, tell us all about Turok on PC. Um. <laughs> just like the N64 they really didn't change too much but um they when have you cut added, the guy in the uh, neck with the... quite a few what go ahead when you cut the guy in the when you cut the guy in the neck with the knife does he still like squirt blood for 5 minutes yep they squirt blood they they jump around i jumped at one and i used my knife on him and he flew like 20 feet i'm not sure what that was about but <laughs> um otherwise they they also have something the this is the main thing that kind of piqued my interest about it um when you first open it up you have the option to launch the game editor i tried opening that and it immediately crashes it says it's missing some executable so the thing i like about <laughs> it is they they brought back the old game but it sounds like you can add your own stuff to it once i get that working i'll know if that's that's true or not um but otherwise, yeah, it's, it's pretty nostalgic. It works with your game controllers. Like, I just use my Xbox controller, and I think I just remap jump. Everything else at default was perfectly fine. Um, so far, I got to level two, and uh, it plays just like the 64. Otherwise, I've also been playing... Um, I kind of just have been going around trying out demos, actually, of games that I normally wouldn't play. Um, the second game I tried was Trial by Viking, and... That's kind of a side-scroller, um, what would you call that? Just a little side-scroller action game. And pretty much 
you're a Viking, hence the name Child of Viking. What a surprise. <laughs> I know. And Odin comes down and he tells the Odin things. And this is just in the demo. And <laughs> you have to run around your main kind of goal for each level is to collect all the sunstones. And that's kind of the currency that you use in the game to purchase a better axe. Um, you you have three main attacks. You have your regular old hack and slash. Um, your second attack, which at least what I call second attack from the controller um, that one is a ranged weapon. You can have a giant spear that you throw. Uh, you can get little bombs that you throw at people too. And then your third attack, you just throw your axe, which you just spawn another one when you attack. Um, it's pretty simple. The demo wasn't entirely too hard. Um, the map itself is going to be a big challenge too. Uh, on the last part of the demo, the floor itself would kind of disappear or fall apart while standing on it and it was called dash and i think i got i died a good 15 times on that because the farther i get well you know floor fell apart someone knocked me off it's really challenging um the game itself i think was uh i think it was under 20 bucks and i i give the game the demo so far five out of five tubins i would buy the full one <laughs> and then the uh other than Counter-Strike and uh, Fractured Space, I played Jesus Christ RPG. You can find it on the Steam Store. And it's a little bit ridiculous. Um, they have a lot of satire, I guess you could say, and they throw in a bunch of cool little references like to Ozzy Osbourne. So the developer had some humor. And I guess that, that kind of uh, points out that I was playing games that I normally wouldn't play. I give that game one out five Tuvins and I'm still atheist. <laughs> now I was just thinking with that game where you're a Viking and you have to collect something called a sunstone to trade it in for a better ax. Why don't I just throw the stone made out of the sun as a weapon? <laughs> it just seems more effective. I mean, I mean, if you have a sunstone, why not just use it on your sun kern and get your sun flora? God damn. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Ooh. Uh, uh, well, Josh, what have you been playing? What haven't I been playing? Jesus. This is my first week that I've been unemployed, so I could actually play shit. And ha- as you can tell, I have my priorities straight. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> starting with Quantum Break, um, the Xbox One's next big exclusive, which is also on PC. <laughs> it's great. It's a great game. Interesting story. Cr- innovative, creative cover, like third-person cover shooting gameplay. The thing about it, though, is that your powers are so good that even on hard, you're just steamrolling the entire game until like the very end when it all of a sudden becomes infuriatingly difficult. But I don't know. There's something rewarding about Superman punching the shit out of people with Sean Ashmore. <laughs> and like it has this really interesting... It's like, you know, we've all been vocal about it in one way or another, but I feel like I've been especially vocal on how I dislike, quote-unquote, like cinematic experiences rather than them being like 15 frames a full second on games. <laughs> yeah. Not, 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 not in that sense, but I mean, like <laughs> not, you know that, how, not that cinematic, <laughs> not, yeah, not that, that's way too cinematic for me, but like, you know how, <laughs> you know how like every time Derek will talk about, say how he's in love with like Ooh. until dawn or he's in love with walking dead. And I'm kind of like, yeah, but I can't get into them. Cause it's all like cutscenes or whatever. Yeah. And quantum break has this really interesting way of tackling it because the game is supposed to be like half game, half TV show. And it's like when you're playing the game, it's like all gameplay. And then at the end of every chapter, 
it g- cuts to like a live action, a 30 minute live action episode of a TV show that kind of bridges the gaps between chapters. And it's like at the end of every chapter, you Wait, get to make a decision. Action? Yeah. It's like the game is like, you know, the game's fully 3d rendered. And then when you finish a chapter, they, they play like an episode of the supposed quantum break TV show, which is mainly focuses on a lot of the side characters as opposed to the main characters in the game. But it's all live action and it bridges like the gaps between the two chapters that you're in. And like right before the chapter ends, you usually will play as like the bad guy and you'll make a decision. You'll like make a big decision where, and one thing that I hate a, a lot about like uh, cutscene driven games, like say life is strange or even mass effect, it'll give you like a vague description of what you're picking. And then you, when you pick it, the character responds in like a completely backwards way of what you meant. And there's something that's like really frustrating about that for me. But with quantum break, they give you this whole like long explanation. Like if I pick this, this is exactly what's going to happen. Or if I pick this other thing, this is exactly what's going to happen. And there's pros and cons to each. And the cool thing is that it'll, depending on what choice you make as the bad guy, it'll affect both the following chapter in the game and the TV show itself. So like the scene, if you pick one choice and go into the TV show, it'll be, it'll have different story threads than if you go back, select the other choice and then watch the TV show again. And then after the TV show's over, the next actual in-game chapter will be different depending on what choice you make. So it's like so goosebumps, it's all... choose your own, choose your own story when they have. Yep, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like, it's really interesting. Like the, it's just like the biggest, like I said, the biggest like problem I have with the game is that it's, it was over really, really quick, but it's worth going through twice just to see, you know, what plot threads change and how everything's affected by the choices that you make. And just playing around with the time powers is really cool. Like it's a lot of untraditional stuff where it's like, you can slow down time in front of an enemy and then unload an entire clip of machine gun ammo into it. So right. So then you, like all the bullets will freeze in that one spot. And then when the time goes back to normal, it's like the entire clip just goes straight into the same enemy and it does extra Magazine! damage that way. Dude, I'm not fucking, <laughs> fucking push that, Shane. Alaskan. Okay, like, so, what the fuck? so a magazine feeds rounds into a gun. A clip feeds rounds into a magazine. He gets the matter same speech in Counter-Strike. Oh, dude, some, <laughs> some homie on Counter-Strike like a week ago was like, was like, oh yeah, I ran out, my clip ran out. And I fucking went off i was drunk but i went off on him <laughs> i would have i i, I well, what would I, I would have done sober shane you shane, just shane, just justified shane. being drunk because he went off <laughs> shane John. who gives a fuck this is why we're always a half hour late on the sh- running shot wait what me <laughs> <Who gives laughs> being a pedantic <laughs> asshole is why we're late <laughs> no why we run late oh okay all right well then. i mean it, i mean you i mean you usually are the one who's also late to start but that's not what i'm talking about this time <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. All no, right. but yeah, Quantum Break's great. Play it. Um, the next, I played a little bit of Hyrule Warriors Legends, which I won't talk about too much because Juan also played it. But I do want to say that it's incredibly annoying to me that I wanted to play the game to play as the Wind Waker characters in Linkle, and yet you still have to play through the freaking story from the Wii U mode before you can get to them. And like, why? <laughs> it wasn't that interesting the first time I played it. Now you're forcing me to play it again before I could get to the new stuff. Um. Then I played the Bravely Second demo, which I'm not also not going to talk too much about because I wrote up a piece on it on the website. So if you want to know what we thought about the demo, check that out. Just know that 
feel like the first Bravely default, this one's looking pretty great, especially with the whole, like if you beat enemies on the first turn, you can choose to fight another round of enemies to have like an experience multiplier. Mm -hmm. But like all, you know, all the details will be in that piece. And then last, is that lastly? No, no, not lastly. I, I played Ratchet and Clank. I got to go to a screening for their uh, for the movie that's coming out at the end of the month, and they were nice enough to provide review copies of the game after the screening. So I ran through that, beat it from beginning to end. I published a review of it last night. It's an it's an absolute joy to play from beginning to end. It's like it's a remake of the original game, but it's like a it's a remake done right, where the story is altered. Which some of the story alterations I wasn't too too big of a fan of but mm-hmm. it 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 seems like it's trying to tie itself to like the later ratchet and clank games more so than the original one did since anyone who played the whole series will know what i'm talking about when i say that the very first ratchet and clank feels kind of disjointed from the rest of them so this one seems like it's trying to retcon it to where it's bridging the rest of them better um but it it brings in a series of weapons that are new to this game combined with kind of like a best of set of weapons that's taken from like each game throughout the series it has improved controls and mechanics it follows the plot of the movie as opposed to like the plot of the original game complete with like their hollywood voice acting for some of the new characters like sylvester stallone paul giamatti uh john goodman rosario dawson and just from a gameplay standpoint the you know the game is it's huge it takes full advantage of the playstation 4's additional power there's like these huge waves of enemies that'll come in and fight you and despite all the chaos going on there's rarely any kind of slowdown or anything with it and you know it's it's kind of getting familiar at this point because what we're, this is i think like the eighth ratchet game so i mean you know it is getting a little even with all the improvements it still feels a little repetitive but that doesn't mean it's not uh, that it's not fun to play and just all of the different weapons but both the new ones and returning ones combined with the scale of how big the game is and just technically what it's able to do just makes it honestly to me one of the best games on the ps4 really and a perfect example of what a remake should be where it has it has returning levels from the original ones but most of them are completely redone and then it has a bunch of new worlds that weren't in the original ones and i don't know and then it has this awesome new game plus mode where you can upgrade your weapons even further to like these super powerful versions and while the game doesn't get any harder, it's like you can build up money multipliers for not getting hit. So you could potentially not get hit through the whole game and then build up a sh- like a ton of money to buy all the new stuff. So cool. it gives you it gives you plenty of reason to play through it more than once. And then last, and I have to get this rant out of the way, mm. but I was playing a lot more of Pokin. Mm. And has it have any of you been playing it at all? Uh-uh. I have. I've seen the rule thirty four for it. Oh, I mean that's just Pokemon though. Mm, well, it's I mean, it's Pokin a bit specific. Like, Pokin like struggle fucking. <laughs> <laughs> like Juan, have you played it at all? <laughs> uh, yes, I have. Yes, okay. yes, I have. So, I mean, tell me if you've come across any of these issues. But don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm the mechanics are interesting. I the graphics are gorgeous. Seeing being able to play the po- as the Pokemon in these in this fighting game environment is like fantastic. But for all the things that it does right, it seems like they forgot how to how basic fighting game mechanics work. Because like the smallest, weirdest shit that like a lot of people probably won't even notice is just bugging the shit out of me with this game. It's like you could do a you could do a super move, you could do a super move, 
and it's like 100% safe on block. Like, I feel guilty when I beat people when I miss it. They block my super move and I immediately follow up with a throw because I can throw them before they get out of their block animation. Or like I'll ground pound somebody. They'll try to, they'll like block it, but I can hit them before they can hit me in response. Like weird shit like that. Like they have a counter attack that's supposed to shield you from regular attacks. Kind of like Street Fighter 4's focus attack. And then when you let it go, you're supposed to like retaliate against Mm -hmm. them. But a lot of times that counter will either completely miss or if you're trying to counter a multi-hit attack, their multi-hit attack will get through anyway, like right at the last frame of vulnerability before your counter hits. So like the counter is completely unreliable and it makes it so that you're afraid to use it because half the time it doesn't even work. And like, and on top of all of that, it's like certain characters seem to be able to do like half a health bars worth of damage in like four hits. Whereas I ha- like, depending on the character I'm using, I have to get in and do a bunch of combo hits. Oh, speaking of one more thing, like, you know how the main mechanic of the game is kind of like it switches between a 2d and 3d perspective on the fly. Mm-hmm. And there's supposed to be certain attacks that force the switch. But if you do if you do too much damage, even with moves that don't force a switch, it'll switch anyway. And I'm guessing the idea behind it is to give the person who's getting beat up like a chance to get pushed away so that they can ha- so that they can eventually respond. But is it random? I don't know how many t- I'm sorry? Is it random? It's not that it's random, but when you do a certain amount of damage, even if you're not doing an attack that would force the switch, it'll switch anyway because I'm sure it's programmed that if someone gets hit a certain amount of times without res- without responding with an attack of their own, they try to switch perspective to like throw them back and give them a chance to recover. So it's like but, tripping. Uh, not exactly, because it's not random. It's not random. It's like set. Like if, say, if we're playing and you're beating the shit out of me, and every time I get up from one of your attacks, you keep hitting me, and I can't respond for whatever reason. Like the maybe like the second halfway through the second time you have me in the same combo, the second combo will just end halfway through because it'll switch perspectives and push me away before the com- combo's finished. Gotcha. But I can't stand like some. It's happened to me. Sometimes I win anyway, and sometimes I'll lose because of it. But I don't know how many times where they're literally like one punch away from dying, and then that forced switch will happen, which will push them away and then give them an opportunity to come back on me. And it's so. Freaking! It's like so. To me, if it's like it's at that point where they're like one hit away from losing, it's just like it's kind of like Marvel versus Capcom 3's X Factor. It's just like giving someone who's losing a chance to come back that's completely outside of either player's control. And I don't know. It's like that kind of stuff just bothers me sometimes. Because when I win because of it, it makes me feel like I don't deserve it. And when I lose because of it, it makes me want to put my th- controller through the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my second marriage. Oh, and God, I keep sorry. I keep thinking of more and more things, and like the. One of the weirdest things, too, and this is the last I just, thing I want to mention. I just to think like how pissed Juan is right now because he's got to go to work. <laughs> no, but like the last thing is that there's His a level. Silence up. is is dubious enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then like the last thing is like the level up system. It's like like Pokemon when you fight bo- either against a computer or against real people, they level up, and you can allocate their stats to boost their strength. Yet those strength boosts are still in effect when you play ranked battle or online battles with no way to turn it off. So, so it could it dis- be kind of unfair, but yeah. Yeah. Cause it discourages you from using new characters because if I've been playing as Lucario for the last five hours, why would I switch to Pikachu when Pikachu's level one and has no stat boosts. And on mm-hmm. the other hand, I've been playing this game for like 15 hours now and pretty much have only used one Pokemon and I'm at level 85. 
So if I wanted to get all of them to level 100, that's like about 16, 18 hours per character just to have uh-huh. them all in an equal, okay. an equal like level. And it, I don't know. It's like for they, everything they that it does right. Exper- that, I'm sorry. The ex- experience share. They've been throwing that around in the newest oh, Pokemon no, like, games like crazy. <laughs> I'd imagine. Well, no, never mind. Oh, this wasn't made like by for Nintendo. the RPG. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, for the RPGs, but like this one is, I don't know. It's like, I mean, it's a full on fighting game. It's made by the people that made Tekken and Soul Calibur, yeah. but they try to shoehorn Pokemon mechanics into it, which is all well and good. But if you're playing a ranked online match, it, I feel like it should, everyone just should be at their default stats. And then if you're playing player matches online, you should have the option to turn it off. But right. Yeah. That's, that's about it with my love, my love hate relationship with Pokemon. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got first one? Is is he alive? Did he, did he fall asleep? <laughs> <laughs> you could pretend to be him. Um. Well. well <laughs> <laughs> and I just right, saw your uh, we'll I just saw your Linkle contribution. Yeah. Uh, oh, you did. Well, I get into what I've been playing this week. Um. Uh, me and Lee uh, played some Fractured Space. The game is yeah, really baby. fucking fun. I talked about it last week. Um. It's a really fun game. Uh, Fractured Space strike. sounds like it's appropriate for Rule 34. Fractured, yeah. <laughs> um, Yo, look the, at this uh, big battle cruiser. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, I got into the Battleborn open beta. Uh, I say I got into it like it's something really exclusive, but it's not. Just downloaded it on Steam. Uh, played a match before. Um, it's a first-person shooter MOBA like Dota, so I dabble. Uh, it's a Mega64 reference. Um, it, it's, it's, it's competing with Overwatch, where it's a you know kind of cartoony, stylized first-person shooter, you know, thingle. Uh, right. uh, it's got uh, Gearbox's humor. It, it it's funny like the um, Borderlands games are. It's really funny like that. And um, uh, the, there's a lot of different characters. Uh, there's a character named Shane S H A Y N E, and it's a uh, uh, She's got like a demon that she summons, so fucking looks dope. And then there's another character named Phoebe that's like this. Um, what's that fucking anime that everybody circle jerks over? Um, with the girl with like the the rapier sword. Uh, I think it's, fate, it fate stay. Yeah, fate I stay couldn't night. tell you. Yeah, fate stay. Uh, the, she looks like she looks like fate. Um, it it's it's really fun. The like the one match I played. When we're done with this, after I edit, I'm gonna play some more definitely on board with battleborn uh it's probably going to be a week one purchase for me uh, it's really I, fucking dope but are you gonna oh, pre-order yes. it god no fuck no why, why would I, why would, there's no reason to pre-order ever again ever again but you get a free ever figure again. if you pre-order it from gamestop can i come on the figure you can do whatever you want with it right you can even do it in the store if you want <laughs> let's, let's not get some more rule 34 ideas here all right uh battleborn rule 34 and Juan, are you back for real yeah, and I seem to come back at a perfect time. <laughs> Ooh, well, yes. we, we, Josh, fin- Josh finishes ran. I'm like, all right, Juan, take it away. And then nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been playing this week, Juan? Uh, the main game I've been playing is a game called Chronicles of Teddy, a Harmony of Exodus. It sounds like something that would be done by the Sanrio company. <laughs> but it's, the, uh, it's by Axis Games. And the only way I can really describe it is a mesh between Castlevania and uh, The Legend of Zelda 2. It's a beautiful uh, 2D uh, sprite art. Um, there's a, the, the whole plot is you're some uh, young girl who 
um, befriended uh, like some the king of the monsters, and his kingdom has been overrun by a an evil wizard. <laughs> name name Linksis. <laughs> yeah. Of the four realms. And, <laughs> of the four port routers. <laughs> and, and, uh, so he's asking for your help to come to his kingdom to to rid the realms of this new wizard king. And I, I gotta tell you, the aesthetics make it seem like it's gonna be like a cakewalk. You know, uh, if you've played dozens of these type of games before. This is no joke. One of the one of the best adventure games I've played in a while because there are no tutorials in this. There's no hand holding really. It's like here you are, figure it out. And one of the things I love about this, like there's villages within each realm, and they speak their own language, and it's kind of like with with a with musical notes. So if you want to talk to some of these villagers, you have to use an instrument called the the musicom, and you have to punch in the notes to make phrases and words oh and dope. You, it's kind of it's, cool. it's cool so you'll get to a guardian this huge 2d guardian uh, a beautiful animation that says what you want and you have to type out a phrase i don't want to give it away but you have to type out a phrase like to, to respond to him and he was like word of magic and you have to give him the word that you've heard other villagers say and as you continue through the game, you have to collect runes to give your musicom, this musical instrument, more notes to play. So imagine if you have a piano and you're getting more keys to add to the to um, the board. So it's a it's a really ingenious way to kind of because most games you have NPC characters and you just automatically talk to them or have them say random things. Here you could actually interact with some of these characters, but you have to type in certain words and phrases so and, and i with, really love that from a from a language perspective like i love it as an english teacher like holy shit the lexicon the way you have to work <laughs> for the frame sentences in this that's really cool with that oh. do you do you have to memorize kind of what you're saying through the notes or or do you have like a little uh dialogue or you have dialogue. a little dialogue there and it even keeps track of your like a it has like a sheet of all the words that you know Okay, so like cool. you could put together like hate, love, uh, he, she, weapon, protection, like all that stuff. It's it's labeled. So if you ever want to reference that when you're making words, it's there for you to use. And, and it uses the Wii U gamepad really well. So um, on the main screen, you have the game. And then on the gamepad, you have the map. So as like old school, I would draw my own maps when I'm playing Metroid or Castlevania here. It pretty much like tells you room to room where you are. And the thing I love, the dungeons don't have a treasure chest with a map in it. So Mm -hmm. they just, so if you want to explore the, yes, if you want to explore the the dungeon, you have to explore every single room and there are no power-ups that say, oh, here are some treasure chests that you may have missed in this exact location. It'll highlight in blue like hey there's something of interest in this room is it a treasure chest is it a weapon is it jewels we won't tell you but there's just something there you might want to go back and check out mm-hmm. so it, it's it goes back and access even said in their press release we want to go back to those games where you had to do more exploring you had to do it with yourself like figure it out on your own and yeah there are walkthroughs already on steam and other websites that can kind of pretty much walk you through the whole game but that would take but the fun there, away it, it absolutely does. And so I would even say the first time around, just play it with, you know, just figure it out on your own. It is, there is some difficulty and you'll be very grateful that you, when you solve those puzzles on your own, like, Oh my God, that, that just made this experience all that more, much more fun rather than just looking it up on Google and seeing how do I get past this first uh, guardian? 
you, but it, I'm, I'm halfway through the game. It's only $14.99 on the Wii U eShop, and it's also available on the PSN uh, PlayStation Store. It is a fantastic game for 15 bucks, and it's a sequel to a 99-cent game from the Android and iPhone store that it's more of a click and uh, touch-and-play adventure, you know, but this is like a full-on Zelda 2 Castlevania-style game. Not for, I I would say this is not for people who are just beginning to play these games. You have to have some kind of, you know, background in these type of adventure games to really enjoy it because people will get frustrated with this title. (laughs) You know, when you said you used to make maps, it reminded me of, um, way back in the day, I used to play a, a, a MUD a multi-user dungeon. Wheel, yeah, Wheel of Time. The White Mud. Yep. Um, we used to play <laughs> the shit out too. of White Mud. And we would draw fucking maps. You played White Mud? Yes. Oh, fucking weird, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, we used to draw maps and shit. And like, if anybody's ever played a multi-user dungeon, it's like like old MMOs from like way back in like the early 90s. And it was purely... It was like Zork. It was all text-based, but it was an MMO. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was fucking... It was fucking crazy. Um but uh, is, that, is that all you got for us this week? That's all I got. All right. So let's get through the mission objectives. Last week, we asked you guys, what is the most expensive game or games you regret the most? Selling, losing, throwing away. Joy B said, I bought the AC2 Collector's Edition for 60 bucks and sold it for over $300 months later. I wish I would have kept it. Uh, <laughs> John P said, World of Warcraft, it's calling me. <laughs> uh, William E agreed, I wasted a lot of my life and money on WoW. Uh, Travis B said, Currently, it's Shadow of Mordor for the Xbox One. I can't find it anywhere and find to play some orcs. Slay some orcs. I also know where I placed my binder, what was what was standard at the time of the Magic Gathering cards. Well oh worth God. a pretty penny. Almost positive someone stole it. Damn. Christopher C. said, it would have to be Nintendo Stadium with the pad you run on, and I didn't sell it. I lost it. Um, uh, if we check the Ebays real quick, uh, let's see what a uh, Nintendo Stadium events is going for. Uh, $1,500. $15,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus. So, uh, yeah, that's a very rare game. So, uh, sucks to you, Christopher C. Davis K. said, Sim Ant. There was another game like it, and I traded away from cash to buy new clothes. Worst mistake I ever made. <laughs> um, and then uh, um, Ray S. said, Advent Rising on the Xbox. Such a good game. And then uh, Colton N. said, Titanfall Collector's Edition. The art book and the statue were awesome, but the game itself just wasn't worth it. It got really repetitive, and I got bored of it too soon. Wish had better storyline plot. Spent a lot of my money on the collector's edition due to the hype. It was a big mistake on my part, which kind of just parrots what we've all been saying about Titanfall the 1 hype. and why Titanfall 2 needs to be fucking badass. Uh, Donna T said, I regret you losing Okage, the Shadow King. Stupid game. Oh, I, wow. Stupid game, but I loved every minute of it. And then our own, Miles H. said, I had a collection of video games, all bought brand new, dating back to 1993, that according to GameSpot, uh, where he had his uh, collection documented, was well worth over $12,000 Canadian. Jesus. So that's probably like $5 oh. US. <laughs> I gave them all away. I regret that one a little. Not a lot. It was taking up an amount of space, but yeah, I regret that one a little. Uh, anybody else got some responses? I I would like to amend what I said. Instead of saying my uh, pirated games I gave away. Yeah. Today, I think we learned it was Turok Rage Wars for the 64. I had the bugged cart, the original. Yeah. What was no, the original the one? Cart. No, the original one I had was bugged. The one I couldn't um, beat in multiplayer. And we, my brother and I sent that back. They gave us a, a new fixed copy that we could play through. 
And looking on eBay, you can find that original bugged game for how much were they going? Just normal 60 bucks all the way up to someone wishing for like four or $500. So I, I guess that would be my new amendment to uh, the one I re- regret losing. Yeah. And um, if anybody's a diehard listener, I actually told that story like years ago. Like, yeah, my buddy, my buddy had that cart. Uh, I wonder if he still has it. Guess you don't have <laughs> no, it anymore. No, I, I I cried after I read that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm oh, well. I'm well. I I do believe I said don't look it up on eBay, and you just <laughs> look it up on eBay. I was curious. Well, now you're gonna drink yourself into oblivion. You guys got any responses, Joshua? <laughs> um, I didn't. I didn't submit the question, but in lieu of that, I guess I'll give my answer. Which a few weeks ago I mentioned I I lost all my Pokemon games after importing everything from the G, from the GBA and which had to have been like a co- combined like five hundred six hundred hours ish of time. Yeah, and that has to be up there. And as far as financially, um, me being it. the idiot that I am, I Don't when I was it. in middle, I think I've said this before on a different yeah, for some gonna, other topic, but make yeah. Me cry. But so okay, so get the tissues ready because um, in middle school, I, I mean, get the tissues ready. Aside from all the Rule Thirty Four you've posted, <laughs> um, oh my God! I, <laughs> um, but yeah, I let someone borrow my copy of Earthbound in middle school and never saw it again. Like the actual physical cartridge, and then of course, if you look that up mm. now; it's worth quite a bit. So it sucks, but by oh now, well. one hundred and sixty-five bucks. Yep. So now I have. Oh, really? It used to be. Yep. It used to be more, but I guess now that it's out on Virtual Console, the people who actually yeah. want to play it aren't in the market for it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So that sucked. Uh, I'm gonna give an answer. I guess I'm on the other side of this. I kind of, sort of, finagled my way in getting a expensive game cheap at a store. Um, finagled. I ended, up, I, I ended up paying twenty dollars for a, a copy of Fire Emblem: Path of Radiance. What? <laughs> With the manual and everything. What? Yeah. Nice. Look it up how much it's worth. I'm doing it right now. It's well over $120. There you go. Nice. I got mine for 20 bucks like right before it became it started going up in price when GameStop <laughs> still had them regularly. Nice. <laughs> so. I never bought it cuz it was a bunch of weeaboo bullshit. Well, the new ones are even more weeaboo cuz you could actually marry your troops. I know and I like them so much more now. <laughs> All right. Um, our question this week is: What game would you like to see remade in VR, Josh? Um, someone else answer because I had an answer and now I can't think of it. One. <laughs> um, a Resident Evil Four. Fuck you. That's terrifying. <laughs> Lee, it, it's almost not maybe possible or functional, but I want to see like a Tie Fighter game. Oh, like you're in that. the you're in the cockpit, and everything's happening. Given it's not, it wouldn't necessarily be as immersive as a game where you're actually using your hands to do stuff. But maybe you actually use your hands to fly the ship and push these buttons, and you get to look around, look at all the sensors. Playing the original Tie Fighter for the computer was one of my favorite games out there, and I think if you do that, put it into VR, that would just be one of the slick. best flight sim games ever made. Yeah. yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that'd be great for the Vive because of the the Vive controllers mm-hmm. because they're fully trackable. I think that would be that's a really good answer. Um, Josh, you figured it out yet? Can I go? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say Dog's Life because it was rewarding. It was rewarding to play a game where you could play as a dog, take a shit, pick it up in your <laughs> mouth, and throw it at people. But when you try to do it in real life, it's kind of gross. So VR is like the happy medium. 
<laughs> okay. Um, maybe you need to find a job. <laughs> Why do you think I lost the first one? <laughs> Good um, man. Um, uh, funny answer for me, Sexy Beach 3. Uh, self-explanatory. Uh, Serious answer, real... Sexy Beach 2? <laughs> sexy Beach 0, the fourth one. No, um... I would uh I would say like first person like exploration games like like Mist or uh, one of my favorite games of all time is uh, uh, Journeyman Three the uh, or Legacy of Time Three the Journeyman Prophecies uh, their first cool. person point and click games with like live action FMV stuff I think they'd be fucking like amazing like you don't need a whole lot of controllers to interact so you could easily do it with gestures like Lee said you could even do the points or like the explore and just turn your head I think that'd be an amazing uh, experience for VR. Um, they had something like that. Um, it was it was this company trying to start it up, and I almost want to call it like a VR cafe. Essentially, you walk in and you have this little adventure. I forgot where the heck I read it, and I saw the video, but it was on that same kind of exploration idea. And it's really cool seeing people like react to the the floor falling, and they have actual physical elements like a fan blowing when there's a breeze. They have a heat source when there's a torch. So it's also. Oh, wow. Sensatory? Is that every word? Am I just making words again? One. I, li- I like making sensory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Lee, you finished high school and I didn't. No, I got my GED. Well, I didn't finish high school. Well, look at us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that explains uh, uh, me making fun of the mentally handicapped. All right, that was. <laughs> Uh, Geescape Games. Uh, let's talk about around the site real quick. My around the site this week is my Monday music. Uh, Rick Astley put out a new single and is uh, releasing new a new single? album, a, a brand new single. Uh, it's called "Keep On Singing." He's got a new album coming out called "50." Uh, he's turning 50 this year. Uh, brand new album, first album in over 10 years, first single in over five. He still fucking has it. He's one of my favorite recording artists, and you guys should know him from uh, Rick Rolling. But he's he's Got the chops. He's got the chops. Um, my around the site was Adam's six ways to improve Mitomo because it, as far as Mitomo for me, it was fun for five minutes, and I don't think I played it since. Um, <laughs> you know, you know how they could improve Mitomo uh, for me is get it to fucking run on my goddamn phone. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll cater it to you and make sure to get their R and D department on making sure it works on your phone and only your phone. Dude, I'm sending bug reports literally right now, and. Send them directly to Reggie. <laughs> a tweet at Reggie. Nick, please fix this shit. It's like if you want to end up, if you don't, unless you want to end up like Iwata, you're going to fix this shit. Ah, ah. All right, Lee, what's your around the site? <laughs> My around the site is Fire Emblem's Fate Birthright. Um, it it's by Matt Rodriguez, Rodriguez, and his his whole review is pretty in depth. And he, huh? No. Say what? We're making fun of you. Oh, yay! <laughs> His <laughs> review is based on an 86-hour playthrough that he's been doing, and he, he covers a lot here. I I recommend going and reading it. Dope. And Juan? Uh, really quickly, it's uh, Derek's article on the documentary based on Magic the Gathering Pro Tour. Oh, um, I need to check uh, that out. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can't imagine what it is. like. Uh, I used to play that back in the day with my blue-black control deck until I realized I have to spend money to keep playing it. 
So I dropped out, but uh, it looks really good. And for anybody who's ever dreamed of being that good, it kind of paints a really good picture of the benefits of being in it and also the cost of being in it yeah. financially and uh, erotically, uh, mentally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So check those out. Um, that was level 71, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, late as always and long as always. Late and long. That's us here at Geekscape Games. You can find us, as always, at geekscape.net on Twitter at Geekscape Games. I am at Shane O'Hare, SS Jakin on gaming platforms. And I'm at I Joshua that. just about everywhere. Anybody huh? else? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were actually, sorry. I'm at Tuvin on Twitter now. I finally twit. And this is Lee. Twatted. <laughs> I twatted. <laughs> and, and I am at the King of Mars. All right. All right. We'll see you guys back here next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.